0: I can remember the day sitting there when I was 24, 25, sitting and just clicked. I had no desire to compete until this day, but you're sitting on the bench one day during a, uh, a set, but looking at myself in the mirror and something just clicked. I, I looked at myself and I said, I talked to myself in the mirror and said, you can compete. From that day on, I did a competition date and, and I set it to compete one year, one year after looking at myself in the mirror that day. It just clicked one day. It was very strange.
1: Hello and welcome to the Confidential Podcast where we discuss and demystify life and everything that impacts it. I'm Simone Gisandi, author, health strategist, life transformation consultant, and overall life enthusiast. I dive deep into the fascinating world of life with each show. Each episode features in-depth conversations with experts, thought leaders, as well as personal stories and experiences that will bring the world around us to life. Whether you're a curious newcomer or a passionate enthusiast, come with me on a journey of discovery and enlightenment. Tune in every week and join me as I demystify all things that touch life. Hi, everybody. Thank you so much for joining me back on The Confidential. I have my really good friend Mike on the show today, and you guys are going to love him. Ladies, for you, I promise, I'm going to post a picture. He's super eye candy. And gentlemen, for you, he is massive, massive inspiration. This guy's in his 40s, and he looks, the word phenomenal doesn't even begin to really cover. But he will go over what it takes to get to the level that he got to. Uh, Mike Fleming is a coach. He actually coaches men over 40, I believe, Mike. He could tell us more about that. He just won two back-to-back bodybuilding shows placing first and second respectively and he's got the medals to show it so you will get to see that Mike welcome so much to the show I'm so happy to have you on thank you so much I really wanted to discuss with the audience what it takes to get to your level I mean you look phenomenal you're in phenomenal shape I've always seen you be really well balanced really happy upbeat uh clearly your level of whatever it is that you're doing, which we're going to discuss today, is the epitome of what it takes to be healthy mentally, to be healthy physically, to look phenomenal, and to get to that level that most people aspire to. So, welcome to the show. Tell us a little bit about yourself, and then tell us how you got involved with the sport.
0: Thanks very much for the introduction, Simone. That's nice, nice of you to say. And um, yeah, for sure, it's uh, it's been an amazing journey this twenty close to twenty seven years now. And, um, it's been by far the, the biggest, and uh, greatest decision I've ever made besides having a daughter is picking up that weight for the first time. And, um, yeah, the initial, the initial attraction to it was when, when sports came to an end competitive sports and that, uh, this just seemed the next the, the thing to do was lift weights. A lot of us were lifting weights back then. And, um, the camaraderie it built within the gym atmosphere was fantastic keeping a group of friends together, all the boys together. And um, that was fantastic coming out of the athletic environment because that's the thing you miss. And uh, being an individual uh, activity, you still had that aspect where you were uh, with your buddies and building camaraderie and things. And it was just, uh, it was fantastic to build a mindset too. Um, Other than building the body, it was the mindset you were able to get from it. It was sort of a mentorship for me. Um, oh, wow. uh, 13 years old, I went through a divorce with my family and, and I think the gym now I look back and reflect the gym gave me this sort of connection to a mentor, I guess, from, uh, from the split and not having the family unit there, the gym atmosphere really gave me that with my buddies and, and taught me a lot about my own, my own strengths. Cause you have to put the mind and body together to achieve, uh, steady results and ad- admirable results. You got to have both put together. And mm-hmm. I think, the, um, for sure, it's been, it's been, it's been the greatest catalyst for me growing as a man, and then in turn uh, raising a daughter and putting it all together has been building the mind and body together for sure.
1: Absolutely. So when you got involved with it, you were a teenager, you said.
0: Uh, I picked up weights a bit. Like my dad had me build, uh, doing some forearm exercises to get strong for the slap shot in hockey and wrist wrist shots and whatnot. But it was not until after I stopped it. I was about like 19, I guess, when I picked up first, and 20 when I got really competitive into it. And, um, yeah, so it was about 20 years old.
1: What made you love it? What was it that like made you stick to it?
0: It was the power of the mind. Like, I knew the what it was given to my mindset. It was, the, there was, you know, I'm not going to say I, uh, you know, it's nice to look good and everything. And everybody likes the attraction from the girls and stuff yes. when you're younger, like that. And mm-hmm. the, the guys admire you for putting on muscle, but there was always. That was always secondary to how it was building my character. The uh, the how much it did for the rest of my life. I knew early on that it was it was building me and giving me giving me that uh, that strength, you know, that nothing else could give
1: me. Yeah. So it was the the building of the mind. I mean, because oftentimes people look at bodybuilding, even yeah. as its name yeah. implies, bodybuilding. Mm-hmm. It's the building of the body. Yeah. But in conjunction with the body, you build the mind. Which would you say was more important to you and which did you build first before you actually got to look as phenomenal as you look today
0: Yeah, building the body first was you know like that's something when you're younger right
1: mm-hmm. you're building
0: the body and the attraction you're getting you're getting the looks from you know, more it's more so the guys that are looking but yes um yeah it just it opened up a lot of doors through doing some of the security work and the private security work and things like this and mm-hmm. um allowing you to feel more confident to put yourself into these environments that I otherwise wouldn't have. Yes. And, um, yeah, getting, getting on stage for the first time, suffering a panic attack. I, I'd never had a, I actually didn't know what it was at the time. Surprisingly oh, enough. I was, wow. I was 20, I was like 26 and I had no idea what it was. So I'm on stage suffering, losing my breath, choking to death, and was going to walk off the stage. <laughs> but I talked myself through it. It took me about, Ten or fifteen seconds, but I stayed on stage and learned a lot about myself during that panic attack. The power of the self-talk, how you how how the you can literally talk yourself through it. And That's what I did. I could have walked off that stage, and I think if I walked off the stage that day, um, my life would have been different. I, I would have it, that taught me something that day.
1: So you know, Was those, born in that moment. Yeah,
0: just that there was some mentality change that day, standing in front of four or five hundred people. And not walking off stage. I could have easily done it. I looked to the side and was gonna leave mm-hmm. and then decided to stick it out. You can make it. it
1: uh, what did you tell yourself around. in those 10, 15 seconds?
0: I told myself it's it's if I can remember back, you know, it's like uh breathe. First thing was breathe. Mm-hmm. Like the body locked up, it was a true panic attack. Um breathe through it. This um you got it, you worked hard. Just you're better than that. You can do it, you can do it. Just very positive talk. 10 seconds felt like a minute, but of course, yeah,
1: yeah, especially when you have to hold the pose. So for sure, yeah, yeah. both both Mike and I, I, I've competed myself, so I know what it takes Mm -hmm. and the tremendous amount of work that leads up to that moment. I mean, you work months for the few minutes that you are on stage, so you work tremendously hard. It takes such an incredible amount of dedication, focus, especially when it comes to dieting which is extremely difficult. And anybody who's ever tried it could tell you and how much you have to uh, manipulate the macros, the macronutrients to be able to get your body to give back to you what you're looking for it so that you're worthy to be on the stage. And of course, yeah. uh, to hold the smile when you're <clears throat> defeated and you've got nothing in the gas tank to get you through. And, um, be able to put on a smile on your face. You're tired. You've got nerves going. You've got adrenaline rushing through you. It's such a, an incredible amount. I mean, most people just look at what's on stage, but they don't recognize all that it yeah. takes to get that, to get that end result and to get to that level. Um, so so this was in your 20s when you stepped on stage for the first time. What led you to even get into comp? competition like why didn't you just stick to hey this feels good I look good I'm growing what made you decide to go and step on a stage to compete against other people
0: I tell this story to some people that are thinking about training going for competition Mm themselves that have a physique that have the mindset to do it young guys and I like to tell this story I said uh, I can remember the day sitting there when I was 20 I was 24 25 25 sitting and just clicked I had no I desire to compete until this day, but you're sitting on the bench one day during a, uh, a set and I can remember it vividly, but looking at myself in the mirror and something just clicked. I, I looked at myself and I said, I talked to myself in the mirror and said, you can compete. And from that day on, I, I, I looked at the competition date and, and I set it to compete one year one year after looking at myself in the mirror that day, it just clicked one day. It was very strange. Mm-hmm. But I just saw it in myself one day, and I can't explain uh, how that came to be. It's just, uh, yeah, it's pretty it's pretty amazing.
1: Were you surrounded by others who had competed and had achieved certain levels of, I guess, you know, winning, which in large part, I think, validates and confirms that you're on the right path, that what you're doing is right, that other people <clears throat> get to recognize? Mm. All the blood, sweat and tears that goes into it, because a lot of people don't recognize what it takes to get to that level. It's like saying I play hockey and I know how to skate while the NHL players are far beyond just knowing how to skate Mm -hmm. and playing hockey. So it takes a certain level to get to be able to step on stage and to get your efforts recognized to that degree. So yeah. did you have any kind of inspiration from any other were you following anybody, let's say in the mainstream bodybuilding, like the Arnold Schwarzeneggers and the yeah. um the competitive bodybuilders that Frank Colombo, the the ones that were sort of setting the the foundation of the bodybuilding industry to begin with?
0: Yeah. First <clears throat> the first part of my competitive nature, I think it came definitely came from my father. He's oh. a very he's a he's a hyper competitive uh yeah, he he's a competitor and um, perfectionist, likes to do things right and hard worker. Okay. That came from him. And I, saw, you know, other than that, joining a, the gym. It, this was in the uh, late '90s. Okay. And the gym I joined was, uh, was Planet Workout. You know the.
1: Yeah, Planet, I remember Planet, Planet w- Workout.
0: <laughs> it it was the hub. It was the hub yep. of the Mississauga area for. It just seemed like more serious people were going there, right? In 1998, it opened its doors. Yeah. That was a fantastic gym, Planet, planet Workout. And, uh, you know, Scott Abel was training there at the time, Scott Abel. And uh, he was somebody that was just, you know, obviously larger than life for everybody to look at, a cartoon character. Yeah. Um, and there was a, you know, a few other guys, but that's where the first com- camaraderie really built right. with that old school type of the bodybuilding and fitness guys that you don't really see today that had that gym had that back then there was you know eight or ten guys that would be there regularly you'd walk in and it was just like a home it was and this built the the environment my love for for the uh for the weight training was i thought this is just like this is better than um hockey and soccer and all this 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 camaraderie everybody has some and it's individual while while at the same time it's a it's a it's a group, it's a family, and it's so individual at the same time. It's really unique.
1: Yeah, I yeah. think it's like like and, you said, it's a family and a community. So once you yeah. become part of the community, and the beauty of the, the bodybuilding industry, and I'm talking about the ones who actually understand the sport, is that they are so incredibly, and there's a lot of figures on social media, influencers on social media at the moment, um, there's such an understanding of what it takes for somebody to get to that level and a lot of people really recognize people's efforts so yeah. and and oftentimes the average regular person feels very intimidated by stepping into a gym seeing these guys and even the girls who look good but seeing these guys the muscle boys who look yeah. incredibly larger than life much like what you said and knowing what they're doing, seeing them effortlessly go through exercises that these individuals don't know. I just want everybody who's out there listening to know that there is such a level of respect that these elite bodybuilders have for those who go and take the first step and try to even uh, get into that industry or get into the world of, of really shaping your body and dedicating yourself to the sport and to, to your health and wellness. So, and, and for just for a little bit of context, Mike and I met at the gym, we were training in the same sort of circles, both of us being very serious about the sport and about what it takes to get to that level. And yes, in the Mississauga, Ontario area, in Canada, we had a lot of the the sport greats, especially the Canadians, so the Fouad Abiads and the Mm -hmm, Kovacs. and, And yes, exactly. So we had like a lot of the bodybuilding greats that, that sort of were laying the foundation for where bodybuilding was going to go in Canada Mm -hmm. and where it is at the moment, of course. Um, so Mike, so you stepped on stage, you had to walk yourself through it. You obviously inherited this, this, and again for perfect work because he talked about his dad being a perfectionist that's actually how you are Mike like I I spoke with you on a few occasions while leading up to your shows and you seemed so particularly intricate about how you were sort of adjusting your diet to get to the level of where you needed to go and how to tweak your physique so that so you you did the first show earlier this year you placed second And then you did another show now in November and you placed first. So obviously you had, you kind of walked away with feedback and had to adjust what your physique looked like to be able to get to the next show in a way where you were showcasing a better package if for lack of a better term.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: uh, Sorry. No, go ahead. You did.
0: Yeah. a, A year ago, this November, 2022, Mm-hmm. I did the, was it the uh, King Kong? So I got yeah, I got second at that one in the Masters. And that I went back and it was this, uh, this past May. We did the Fuad Abiad, where I decided to go into the Open Classic against the guys that were twenty and twenty-five years younger. Wow! Just to make things more interesting, because I thought the the forty, I could, I wanted a little more, more competition. I wanted to challenge myself more. So I it's... went in and entered that one at the the FU ad last May and ended up placing fifth out of 12 guys. Mm-hmm. So I was very pleased with that outcome. And uh, that's from, that's that, that shot there, which that's very I, wanted, I, wanted to, I wanted to capture because the conditioning was so fantastic. And um, so then awesome. I did the pro qualifier uh, mm-hmm. a month later in June of last year, which in my own category, 40 plus the masters and came sixth out of 12 in the pro qualifier, my first pro qualifier. And then this past, uh, um, uh, sorry, the King Kong classic th- two weeks ago, yeah. I got first, first place. And, um, that's in the master's category. But the great thing about all this is I've always done my own, I've done my own coaching, which yes. has, which is, uh, even more of a, if I can say a pat on my back, because I feel like it's, it's a learning process for me. And, uh, and each time, um, I'm learning more. I'm, I'm having fun and it, it just transitions into, for the, for my clients as well, you know, um, the more I can learn, the better it is for the clients and uh, I'm having fun with it, yeah.
1: Of course, I mean, you learn because yeah. you test on your own body and you get mm-hmm. to see, and I think what's important and the audience has to know is that you are now uh, in your 40s, so who better to train other people in that same yeah. age category than somebody who's right there themselves, they understand right, yeah. how the hormones work they understand what mm. what kind of transitions body the body goes through at this sort of juncture this stage yeah. of life and how to feed the body and work with it so that it can give you the results you're looking to get so you placed obviously uh you placed first in your last show you were obviously took the feedback from your previous show to be able to say okay i'm going to go mm. back to the drawing table i'm going to tweak this i'm going to apply these nutritional principles to be able to get my body, to give back to me what I'm looking to get back. So that when I step back on stage again, I'm gonna bring a much better package or a package that they're looking for. so let's switch to exactly how, and, and I do want to recognize the achievement of you coaching yourself. I remember us talking and yeah. because we were planning to do this podcast far before, but it just yeah. so happened that it never worked out. Our schedules were never aligned. Yeah. And and I thought it's so amazing that we're able to do it now to be able to talk to the audience about you know what you did to get to the first place for this bot- last bodybuilding right. competition that you did. So you, you coached yourself. What does it take? Like to walk us through, um, do you apply the same principles of coaching that you apply to yourself, to your clients?
0: Pretty much. There's, um, it's obviously not as rigid. There are certain things that I'll do. I won't say eat this. Mm-hmm. I work with the, I work with the client to, uh, with the foods they like Okay. and then adapt it around it within reason, obviously. Right. You know, but yeah. Um, I won't give them exactly what I eat there's the standard bodybuilding diet per se, but I work with them and what they're, this is a, this is a lifestyle. Um, it, it's a educational, um, package I sell as well. It's, it, this is not just a hardcore bodybuilding approach, but there are a lot of similarities with, uh, with this program that I sell, this 12 week program. It's, mm-hmm. um, it's, it's, it's counting calories of course knowing how many calories you're bringing in and how many you know that sort of thing but there are but where it, it differs a little bit
1: and i'm sure from where the calories are coming you're not going to tell your clients to eat a box of donuts and get back no to the this gym. is not a
0: weight watchers uh, type <laughs> thing where you're counting points where you can have uh <laughs> no no it's got to be Amazing. you gotta be healthy
1: so so the coaching aspect of it and of course um For anybody that knows what coaching is all about, of course, there's such a big component of mindset, believing in what you're undertaking, believing in yourself to be able to get through it. and. Being able to truly dedicate yourself to it. And I really want to emphasize this because when I competed, I did like if you have a job and other responsibilities and you travel for your work, it's very difficult to really stick to it. It's very difficult. Mm -hmm. You really have to be in a really good place in your life that actually allows you like if you have to move in four months and a show is in six months, don't do it now don't like settle your life down first and then afterwards undertake this because it does require a lot of focus, dedication. And of course, especially around the diet, the dietary component, Mike, what would you say the dietary component, if you were to take out of a, uh, a 100% ratio, like how much would you give to the diet? How much would you give to the training?
0: It's, it's, <clears throat> you know, the old common, you know, Believe. Number is 80, 80, 85% or something but
1: yeah
0: it's somewhere around there but i'd say maybe 70 you know 75% for sure training's uh the diet it's it's the consistency of it right if you you can't be missing meals and yeah. because i always say your calories one day you know one day you're taking in uh 2000 calories the next day's 15 the next day's 3 you're yeah. not you can't make progress like this it's got to be a linear line yes um and that's it's getting the meals in, yeah. yeah. So it doesn't matter whether you're taking three meals or six meals; the body will assimilate. Take those in, mm-hmm. according the over, a, say you know, say it's rolling twenty four hour clock. Um, but so I set I set things up for the client how they see how how they will, you know, get the get the best uh, best results that fits their fits their day. If they want to eat three meals, then it's three meals. If they want to eat five or six,
1: oh, so you adjust. So it's, it's up to them. Okay, so you adjust it in a way that. It's easier yeah. for them to be able to dedicate themselves yeah. to it. So it's basically, if they're used to eating three meals a day, then you build a program so that yeah. the calories they're supposed to take in alongside the nutrients that are required yeah. for the body composition to change yeah. is you say, okay, so let's break this down into three meals. Whereas, uh, for example, when I competed, I did six meals a day.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: So it was a sort of a drip of nutrients throughout the day mm-hmm. for the body to kind of take from it and be able to yeah. consistently throughout the day get the energy that it needed get the nutrients to be able to build what it needed to build to be able to change and and adjust um but small
0: small meals do work better simone right after i I do find people that are competing Yep. if you're competing and your and your calories are lower Mm -hmm. um more meals are going to work because you can spread out the meals longer you don't want to eat like all your calories and be done by 6 p.m when you're going to bed at 10 or 11 yeah because you're going to be really hungry between that gap right so I think saving a little bit of food, I find, till the end of the night, so you're not having those cravings and snacking. Probably, you know, save 250 calories or something till like you know, say you got a 2,000 uh, 2, calorie count. Save 250, two fifty, three hundred until the that last little bit of the night, so you're giving yourself something and not reaching for chocolate or something. Or
1: I'd like to take a quick break now to let you know that today's show is sponsored by my book, Against Medical Advice. This book is a memoir. And it tells the story of how I built my life back after suffering a stroke during my divorce. I discuss the nutritional, lifestyle, and mindset aspects that I put into practice to regain my health and rebuild my life. The book has been a labor of love, both writing it and publishing it, and I couldn't be more proud of it. Please pick up your copy from Amazon. For your very own signed copy, my email address is Simone at Oh, and I'd really appreciate it if you'd please consider leaving a review once you've read the book. And now, back to the show. Something that's yeah. definitely not going to help you. So, Just... for the for the gentlemen in the audience, I could speak mm. for the ladies because. So when I was going towards my show for my own, and I don't want anybody to think that they have to follow what I'm about to say because it depends in which category you're competing. Number one, um, your own body composition that you're starting with. And what you're aiming for, if you're going for physique and you need to have massive amounts of muscle on you, amazing. You have to eat in accordance to that, optimizing optimizing for that. For myself, I did bikini, which is, and, and I don't want to discount because people think bikini is easy. Oh, you're pretty and you're young and you're skinny and there you go. No, because bikini, the bikini uh, category recognizes that you have to be feminine, yet still have some muscle But yet you cannot be dry and have a lot of, um, let's say, for example, six pack, you cannot have a full six pack on, but you have to have enough definition that it looks athletic. So it's such a delicate balance to, to, to gain or to attain, to be able to showcase a body that's worthy of what they're looking for to be able to judge you on. Otherwise, if you're too even though you may look better because you're thinking, well, I have a full six pack on and I'm vascular and I have, you know, really great muscle definition. If that's not what, if that's not the look they're looking for in the bikini category, you're not going to win. They're going to dock you marks because despite the fact that you look amazing, you just don't fit the, the profile they're looking for, for that specific category. So for me standing at about five, seven, um, and I, when I went in, I went into my uh, last competition at about 11% body fat. And I was about 119 pounds. So for that, I was taking in about roughly, and I'm estimating here because it oscillated much like what you said. I was in at about 1200 calories, 1100, a, a thousand, depending. The closer I got to the show, the more it was changing. That's right. And for these six meals throughout the day, it was very, um, akin to keto. So a lot of fat, uh, some Mm -hmm. protein vegetables for fiber so that I could stay regular. And obviously you also want to get the nutrients out of these. So I did a lot of broccoli, which keep you more full. That's right. Exactly. That Mm to the satiety aspect of it. Yeah. And it worked really well. And much like you said, at the end of the night, I would have something, um, mostly fat. So I would do fat, which was, uh, it would not raise your blood sugar, which is probably the number one thing, not just for the sake of the sport, but for the sake of health, you do not want to spike your blood sugar and ask for insulin of your body, especially as you're going to bed. Um, But I'll tell you, it was incredibly difficult, Mike, because it was that these meals were so ridiculously small. So this is where the mindset comes in. And I really want you to speak to that, because in order to recognize that, oh, I can eat so much more because I'm so hungry right now. And you have a job, much like you do. So you go to work, you expend a lot of energy at work, then you go to the gym, you have to put in a workout, then you come home and you eat this really small meal that doesn't even you you could eat six, seven, eight, ten times what yeah. you just ate, but you can't. So it takes your mind to kind of override the idea that you want to eat more. So for men, explain to us, how does it work for men? So I just kind of walked you through for me at five, seven, 120 pounds. I was yeah. eating six meals a day, very little, a thousand to twelve hundred calories. I had to really you know, um, divide all those calories accordingly so that I can meet all the things that I wanted to meet for the day right. with one meal, which was usually fat at the end of the night before going to bed. How would you do that for a man? Not necessarily one that wants to go step on stage to compete, but somebody who wants to achieve a body composition like yours. So, and first tell us, you stand at what, six foot?
0: Six, almost six two.
1: six, two. And you weigh how much? Between
0: 220 to 225.
1: 220 to 25 and you look amazing vascular muscle definition really full muscle bellies looks amazing and of course uh, you guys at the end of the show will give you his social can handles so you could go have a look at the pictures like i said eye candy for the ladies and inspiration for the gentlemen but uh tell us mike so what was your diet like when you were sort of leading towards going into the shows
0: the diet going into the shows i'm it's pretty i've never you know 10 or 15 pounds out of the the stage oh. weight anyway, really no more, no 10 to 15. Yeah, I, I just don't believe in getting too, I mean, I still think when you're about 15 pounds from stage weight, your calorie surplus to be in that 15 pound, uh, extra is giving you enough calorie surplus daily to add a little bit of muscle mm-hmm. to give you that, you know, that growth response. But I just, I just don't want to, you know, for one thing, I just uh, I like to feel good and a little bit athletic all year. I don't like to get too heavy. Yeah, fifteen pounds on. You know, I could add more weight and get probably add more muscle, but yeah, for me, I feel best doing fifteen pounds. And then it's uh, and then for me, that's about uh, eight to twelve weeks of dieting to get down. Yeah, that's what I stay in. So um, as for giving somebody else a, a diet, like clients of mine, it's the first things first is establishing the um, their baseline caloric needs. Mm-hmm. So that'll take, you know, a week or two to establish where they're going with that. And then we set that baseline and go accordingly, depending on their goals, right? How, um, if we got to go up or down on that number, depending on what their goal is about body if they want to add muscle or lose body fat or what, right? Right. So that changes. Everybody's different.
1: So do you, uh, do you manipulate all the nutrients? You manipulate the fat, the protein, and the, yeah. um, obviously like your vegetable intake, all of that stuff. And what do you, how do you coach them through it? Do you say, okay, here's where you're at. You just gave me a food log. So now I could see what you eat throughout the week. Let's take away this and then replace it with this. Or do you, cause typically when I, when I do any coaching and I don't do anything for athletic performance or anything like that for shows, but what I do is I say, okay, so you are eating this, this and this, how about we add some, really lean proteins or let's get some more fat in your diet because you know you're a woman and you need fats to build hormones and women are much more complicated and it's a much more complex Mm -hmm. game because we cycle men don't really have cycles we do we menstruate monthly so our hormonal balance kind of goes in accordance to that to that rhythm required by the reproductive system for men on the other hand they're not that they don't have cycles so they're not uh, they're not as prone to having their hormones fluctuate the way that ours do but what ratios do you usually give people as far as you know what kind of ratios of protein and fats and stuff like if you were to do an overall for the audience what would you say you should have x amount from protein x amount from fat x amount from carbohydrates
0: uh just a good baseline for somebody who just wants general health. Mm-hmm. Um, that just, you know, somebody that's not looking to, they just want to improve their health. they just a standard, um, you know, 60% carb, 30%, uh, protein and 10% fats. Yeah. Something, you know, something just basic along those lines, I guess you can consider that more of what is that a zone diet or something like that, mm-hmm. or it's just considered just baseline. That would just be a, a standard, um, yeah. again, it just depends on, you know, some people just, uh, they do work better with the more of a keto based diet. Yes. Um, the other clients or there's guys that want to add more muscle. Obviously the you know, carbohydrates are going to be more beneficial to them mm-hmm. to, uh, in, you know, you the insulin response to, to put on muscle. Yes. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it varies. It varies. Yeah.
1: And for those that are wondering, so insulin, is a growth hormone. Mm-hmm. And the reason why bodybuilders love insulin is because it's really conducive to mm-hmm. growth. And if you wanna grow muscle, then definitely. And right. oftentimes people don't, because carbs have been demonized for so long, but I just want to make the distinction here and now. And you as a, as a coach that works with people and somebody that obviously applied this to yourself so that you could get to the stage, Uh, I just want to emphasize so carbs in the sense of like if you're going to go eat bread or croissants or you're going to have bagels and things like that versus having brown rice, having sweet potato, vastly different, vastly, vastly different, vastly different in the sense of what the body does with it. And vastly different in what kind of nutrients you get from those respective sources so what you get from a bagel which is nothing but more or less empty calories coming from uh, sources that are not whole so bleached flours things of that nature versus sure. sweet potato that's full of beta carotene and a lot of a whole slew of nutrients and that's what the body's looking for and can work with So I don't want anybody to demonize the idea that, oh, if I eat carbs, I'm going to get fat depends on ratios, depends on what the body needs them for. So if you're going to be doing heavy workouts like Mike is referring to, and believe me, if you go to his socials, you'll see because he posts a lot of his workouts, you will see what it takes to get through one of those workouts. You will need the carbs. You definitely will need the carbs. So you do your ratios. This is how you guide people. As far as mindset, Mike, what do you do with your clients to get them to continue and to stay dedicated and focused on their workouts? I mean, initially you said that you kind of signed them up for a 12-week program. So they dedicate three months to you yes. working with you so that you can get them to where they need to go. Mm. So what do you do for the mindset aspect? But
0: first first thing, first things first is I I don't talk about the training first. It's always nutrition first. Okay. Um, it's always putting the cart before the horse when when we talk because, and I get it. People talk about the the training first because that is giving you an immediate feeling, that sweat, yes. that feel. You feel like that's the main component. Yes. But in reality, it's the nutrition. So we always start there, and I want to get their mindset focused and changed to see food um, as an addiction for most people. They they got to change their the way they look at food. It it's literally. It's uh, you know with the chemicals in the food and their yes. their their relationship with food has to change. So we we change the mindset for for the food first, and mm-hmm. we make those uh, those habits in the kitchen change first before we get to the gym. But the mindset, um, yeah, it's just putting yourself first. It's uh, you know a lot of people don't put themselves first. They want to put their kids first and all these family first, but without you being strong as a role model in you first you're no good to anybody else so building yourself up first is 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 first and foremost and it's uh yeah
1: i'm so glad you said that because i said this to a male friend of mine and i and he has a a child a son who's younger obviously and uh i was telling him the best investment you can make because oftentimes yes parents all Mm -hmm. feel that it's so virtuous to sacrifice yourself for your children however it's so much more important and so much more conducive to a positive outcome for all people involved if you invest in yourself so then you become the model and the inspiration for the child to aspire to be like you or to do things that to seeing what it takes for you to get to that level and say hey i want to be strong hey i want to be confident hey i want to look good for people to find me attractive and then be able to model that so that's right. such an important aspect i'm i'm so glad you said that but uh-huh. going back to to the diet so yes you you tell people that Um, And the nutritionist in me wants to talk about this quickly, especially because it applies whether you want to attain health or whether you want to become a bodybuilder. I think it's fundamentally, it works the same. The body needs to be nourished. And I think a lot of people in today's world, and I do want to do a show on this, um, even me speaking with my clients and people at large, a lot of people actually eat for taste not for Mm -hmm. nourishment. A lot of people want to continue to be able to eat the things that got them to look the way they don't want to look, but they want to continue eating those things to attain looking the way they want to look, which clearly, even from a, you know, commonsensical perspective does not make (laughs) any kind of sense because you cannot eat, uh, bagels and drink coffee and, um, you know, Cheetos and chips and such and look like a, um, a version of yourself you don't want to look like and then go to Coach Mike and say, well, Mike, I want to be able to eat chips and bagels yeah. and I don't want to work out that much. So give me a workout yeah. like this and continue to put these foods in my diet. And a lot of times and I don't know, I'm sure you probably have heard from a lot of my clients when I speak with them, they're like, eh. well, broccoli is not my favorite. In fact, I hate it. I don't like it. It doesn't taste good. Or you have people who say, well, I want to eat this, but they want that particular thing to taste the way they remember Uh, it when they were a child and their mom was making it at home. So they have all of these unattainable things like like expectations that cannot be met. And oftentimes they fail because they disengage when they see that these things are not kind of playing out the way that they build it up in their mind. So how, what kind of conversations do you have with your clients to get them to accept that food is a vehicle for attaining health, wellness, and the physique that you're looking for? So it's a nourishment. It's not a an enjoyment, yeah. although there is a, a certain yeah. component of it. You do want to enjoy what you eat so that you can actually continue yeah. eating health, healthy. But how do you get them to say, okay, you'll have to eat, you know, chicken that may seem bland with broccoli that you don't like and with a salad that you might not necessarily think would be your first choice yeah. how do you have those conversations with them
0: well like i said earlier you i let them choose their foods for the most part
1: mm-hmm. i always
0: ask what's your favorite proteins what's your favorite this?" and so they feel okay. like so they feel right from the get go that they're not being <clears throat> excuse me. prescribed they're to. not yeah just prescribed to do this yeah excuse me i have done that in the past where I've given them something where like I'm somebody that can just be given something and
1: yes, I would do it. Yes.
0: But so you give them that power where they feel like, okay, I have the choice here. I have the choice. And that gives them a lot of um, confidence in the beginning that they're not, they're not being changed too much. And within that, we allow a lot of flavorings and spices as long as it doesn't come from creams, sugary stuff. So there's a lot of ways to flavor stuff without adding anything. There's a million ways to flavor stuff to make it taste fantastic without adding any calories. And yeah. if it, uh, it you know I will work in you know, 15 20 calories of uh you know a tablespoon of this or something or a little bit of ketchup with your low sugar ketchup with your with your eggs in the morning. If you can't eat eggs without ketchup like a lot of you know Canadians about the yes. the ketchup right? So whatever. It's 20 calories. You got to compromise somewhere and it's not that rigid, right? Most of these my clients aren't stepping on stage a lot most of them most of them so although i do want to break into that market and start taking some people from their uh, their first competition i've gained enough knowledge now with my training myself and doing my own coaching obviously they can see that the results are there and um, i'm looking forward to taking people into their first competitions
1: that would be amazing but Um, yeah so then you so that's actually very empowering so it's a collaborative kind of Uh, thing that you do with your clients where you kind of engage them into the building of their diets yeah. so they get to work with what they actually like because oftentimes the foods that you will eat are the ones you love but hopefully you love something outside of the typical indulgences of society like donuts and sweets and terrible things that are not going to be and I, and I tell my, like, I tell some friends, you know, that's not a bodybuilding diet. Like if you're no. going to eat that and you want to achieve bodybuilding kind of physique, that's not a bodybuilding food. Uh, because oftentimes people think that food is food and they will, and it takes the workout to give them the results. Very, right. very yeah. erroneous. Yeah. Yeah. It takes the food that builds that body. So yeah. you have to give it the raw materials. And the way that I present it to people, it's like, imagine you're building a house. Mm. You want to, you are you going to go and use beat up old bricks and pieces of wood that have been you know chipped and are not whole and sturdy Or Mm. do you go and you buy brand new wood, brand new, so lumber, brand new bricks, brand brand new concrete to pour into your foundation so you can get the house that you're looking to get and the same thing. Like do you want a kitchen that has really nice cabinets that are built brand new with really good finishes or do you want to go and get some beat up something or other from somewhere that is going to fall apart? So if you're going to build a nice house or like if you're going to build a car, you start with the raw materials to do that. So that's a. But one
0: thing, Simone, I'll add to that. You just made some good points, and I'll add to that because people. It goes back to how do you get people to? It's really getting people to understand the nature of our, our food and what it is. Uh, most people aren't educated to know what we're actually eating is not really food. Yes. Um, brainwashed by commercials and this such over the years and years and years. Um. So re educating them on what food is, what the food is we're eating, and how it, how it, you know it's it's it's. It's what it does in the body, it's purpose, what we want it to do in the body. All these sort of things to understand what it is, it's fuel, Mm -hmm. um, is is one thing. And that's very important, what I I try to get my clients to understand. And second of all is getting them through, getting them to see real results. Because most people don't give it long enough. They start something, they switch a program, they switch, they switch. Mm -hmm. The reason it's 12 weeks is that you're going to see results. I want you to get some really concrete results. So that you know what you're capable of and that this can be done and it's not that difficult. It's just following a series of, you know, uh, some habits and patterns over and over and over again. And once you build them and learn it's not that difficult, once you've achieved a certain physique and a result, you you now know what you can go back on. But most people don't achieve a certain level. So they they never, you know, it's it's a shame. But once they, they do. They disengage, yeah. yes. And that's, that's the right. thing.
1: So people expect, and I, and this is the this is what I use with my clients, especially with the women, when you get pregnant, you have to commit nine, 40 weeks, 10 months, if you're really going to break it down by weeks, 10 months of your life to making sure that you do what is necessary for this baby to come out right. healthy yeah. yeah. and there's no shortcut and you cannot at three months or five months or six months or even seven months say, well, okay, I'm done. I really want this baby now, like come out because you're not going to have a healthy baby. And then you're going to have to be dedicated to taking care of the baby to get Mm -hmm. them to good health, if that's even possible. So it works exactly the same. You have to commit yourself. Oftentimes people sort of disengage when they don't get the results quickly. They want, people want really quick results. Like, oh, I started going to the gym this week. Well, by next week, I want to see some sort of result. The body does not work on anybody's schedule other than its own. And um, what matters is where are you along that continuum? Like if you're a 40-year-old woman, your results are not going to come as quickly as if you're a 25-year-old woman. No, no. And the body has what's known as muscle memory. So the, if you started training when you were young um, as early as possible, and then by the time you're 40, your body remembers all of that. It's all it's mononuclei. In- that's Mono- right. Nu-
0: mononucle- uh myonuclea or mononuclei not yeah, mononuclei, something like this. You build them. Right. So the body, you built up a number of these mononuclei, and then it, it, rem- it yeah. Once you have those built up, that's right. It it's much like
1: it's much like um the way that people would understand that if you talk about the immune system when it builds antibodies. So if you're gonna get exposed to that's another right. cold or another flu, it's gonna say, Oh yeah, I recognize this. Yeah, and yeah, it yeah. deploys exactly. yeah. it deploys the proper. That's right. Uh, soldiers to go and take care yeah. of this because it recognizes it to say. I That's love how you.
0: important muscle is, right? Exactly. That's how important and muscle is. So yeah.
1: important. And for the yeah. ladies, I mean, because it's important for gentlemen, testosterone production mm-hmm. is so important. And you know, growth and all of that depends yeah. solely on this. And of course mm-hmm. the, the growth of the muscle depends on the foods that you eat. So it's all interconnected. For the ladies, the same thing. Osteoporosis is really really high because most women do not go to train with weights, and there is that culture of thinking that well i don't want to look muscly do you know how hard it is to build muscle for women <laughs> yeah, yeah, i mean yeah. i've been training my entire uh, life
0: for men simone <laughs> two men too it's it's hard for men to put on muscle i've seen you know, i see it in the gym all the time right it's it's very hard to put on muscle so you know you got to lift heavy even men women everybody has to lift heavy yeah
1: That's right. I mean, of course, in relation to what's heavy for you, because a woman like, for example, I see like I'm not able to curl uh, 50 pound dumbbells when I do uh, bicep curls, Mm -hmm. but I can curl 20 pounds. Most women would not even be able to do five pounds, especially those that are frail. But here's a health tip. And Mike, please jump in and let me know so that especially the ladies know muscle is what is going to give you healthy bones. I know that doesn't sound like it makes sense, but I assure you and there's signs behind it, go fact check me if you need yeah. to. The only thing that's going to give you strong muscles is strength training. So working with weights, not going on a treadmill, not running your whole yeah. life, not going on an elliptical trainer, not going on the stair mill. None of that stuff is going to give you strong yeah. bones. What's going to give you strong bones? Oh, and also not drinking milk. <laughs> Uh, but rather going to the gym and training yeah. with weights, lifting as heavy as you can. So whatever is appropriate for you at wherever you are. And on that note, Mike, do you work with women as well? Or is it strictly yeah. men that you work with right now? No,
0: women, is, women as well. But, and this is something that I deal with all the time. Okay. Uh, nine out of, nine out of 10 women, I will have to um, really ensure that you you have to lift. I mean, they, they'll see it over the course of, you know, a few weeks that what I'm saying is correct. Mm-hmm. Um everybody has to lift heavy. You know, all the, I always say all the women, they look in the magazines and on show to look great that they admire. They, they all lift, um, they lift intensely. Yeah. yeah. That's right. So I'm um, speaking, how sorry, after, to Simone, you... add, sorry to add to the, uh, osteoporosis thing. Mm-hmm. It's a leading, when you, you talk about, uh, loss of muscle mass is the leading cause of death. When you break everything down, it's all cause mortality goes up because yep. once you fall, You break something when you're, when you're old, you're Mm -hmm. in the hospital and that leads to drug and drug, you know, one drug, then two drugs and three drugs and more hospital visits. So it's a breakdown If you had that muscle mass and that bone density from a fall, your odds on living longer go up uh, exponentially,
1: exponentially.
0: So it's critical. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So just to kind of walk people through that continuum, that's right. So if you don't have strong muscles that will be able to to save your joints or your bones from a fall, what happens is you fall, you fracture or break a bone, end up in the hospital. You are obviously now going to be bedridden or you cannot do any kind of weight bearing anything. Like if you break a leg, yeah. you're not going to be able to walk on that leg you'll be sitting a lot. You can get bed sores, which can lead to infection. You're going to have to take pain medication, which is going to screw up your hormonal system as well as put your liver at risk. And then afterwards from that, you're going to have digestive issues. So now you've just increased the likelihood of so many diseases or so many dysfunctions in the body, which you're going to have to address. So once let's say that leg has healed, you're not going to be in any position to go and say, well, let me go back to the gym and start weight training because I can. You're going to be too busy dealing with the other things that you've just caused yeah. yourself. So imagine if you s- strength train and work with weights, you can avoid all those things, all of them. So imagine it's like the the, the cure all. And I say this to everybody and Mike, I'm sure you agree with this. Going to the gym, training with weights is a cure all for anything. So you want to lose weight? go to the gym. You want to get over your depression, go to the gym. You could build your mind too. You want to teach yourself what it takes to be successful in life, in a business, to get a degree, go to the gym, teach yourself what it takes to stay mentally present. Excuse me. And to be able to see the dedication that it takes to see the results. Because if you want to go and get a PhD or a master's or any degree, even a BA or any kind of bachelor, you still have to dedicate yourself four years. Yeah. If you want to get your high school diploma, you still have to dedicate yourself to four years mm-hmm. of going to school. While this, my friends, works exactly the same. And if you want to get a promotion yeah. at work, exactly the same. Dedicate yourself to your job. Yeah. Give what it takes. Go and put in the work. Go put in the yeah. time. And then you get the results at the end. This works identical. Yeah, and there's no difference. No, <laughs> building not a building, a
0: building a body, building a healthy, strong body. No different than building... Um, a business up. You have to apply. It's the same principles apply. Um, I work with a successful, sorry,
1: a family. family.
0: Yeah, Yeah. everything's the same. It's, it's, it's all, you know, um, it's, it's one of the greatest things you can give yourself is
1: start weight training. Yeah. Yeah. It's an investment in yourself. Mm -hmm. And I know that by extension, much like we were discussing earlier, Mike, it's an investment in your family, your children. If you are healthier in a better mood, And this is another show that I that I'm going to be doing. Um, I just want people to see how important it is. Your sex life is struggling or lacking. My friends, Mm. if you go to the gym, you will see the improvement. And here's how you will get to be in a better mood, which will in turn increase the likelihood of you being able to dedicate yourself to your sex life or to being intimate with your significant other you will have better hormonal balance as a result because you're eating better, you're able to regulate better, you're able to go and get the oxygen in the various body muscles and um, organs and body systems that will in turn secrete the proper hormones that are necessary for you to be able to have the proper libido, to not be you know, suffering with um, anything like, Premature ejaculation, uh, erectile dysfunction, uh, vaginal dryness, any of those things. Literally, if you go to the gym, you will start a cascade of very positive yeah. results. So, that yeah. is by far the best investment you can make. And for those of you that think that you could go and build a business, Go and ask somebody who is rich what the most important thing that they in that they invest in in themselves. Mm. People that are successful, and I'm talking CEOs, multimillionaires, multibillionaires. They are the people that have, like for example, the great uh, Gary Vaynerchuk. He works with a a personal trainer before he starts his day. Yeah. um uh, Dwayne yeah. Johnson if you guys have watched him so I've seen him on social media he and Mark Wahlberg the same they do post videos of themselves they said well it's 3 45 a.m yeah. I gotta do yeah. my workout because I have to be on set at time X." <laughs> these people put in the work my friends yeah. it takes you putting in the work
0: yeah. so
1: Mike now that we've t- you know I've gone lecturing the audience a little bit Let's talk about how do you approach the diet for the ladies because, like I said, they they have cycles. So women have menstrual cycles. When the respective hormones go up and down, you have certain levels of strength, uh, ability for output, especially. Uh, there's you know pain and things that are associated with a woman's cycle. Do you factor those things in when you work with your women clients?
0: If I just again I go with their. This is. This is something that I work with them i it's it's not just a one size. I give them do this. Um, I work with them how they're feeling okay as long as they're making steady progress through it's keeping them on course. okay um, it's I've learned over the years Simone, that you can't uh you can't just this is about a lot this is about a, a a lifelong fitness journey not to to get people along and some people there's certain people that will do whatever you say. And they'll follow it but then there's certain people that need you there to just give them its motivation and and, and keep to keep them going in along but they're again you got to read your clients and and uh know what's gonna work best for them it's not mm-hmm. it's not a one-size-fits-all approach but i do work with uh, consider their uh the hormonal stuff that's changing and and things uh and such
1: Right. So then you you kind of take into account where the women are. For example, if you're going to get a 35-year-old woman or a 30-year-old woman versus if you get a 45-year-old woman as a client, they Mm. have vastly different requirements. So you have to read where they're at and everybody's biochemically unique and where they are in their, let's say, reproductive cycle. Like, are they a woman of reproductive age or are they a woman who's like sort of now uh, going through the sunsetting of their reproduction, and well, fats, what,
0: fats are a big thing.
1: Yes, fats. fats. Yes,
0: it's so most, speak to that most, a little bit. Yeah, you know, the well, fats are just great for hormone hormone production,
1: mm-hmm. and I
0: find a lot of people are just they're reduced on the fats and too high on the carbohydrate consumption. Yeah. So the big changes will happen really quickly when you reduce the refined carbohydrates and increase the fat content. They'll fire yes. their their brains firing better. Yes. Um, obviously sleeping better the list goes on and on sleeping you know um and that's it just simple simple uh ratio switching the fat content goes that's why i love fat so much i think it's been great i've done keto myself for uh probably close to close to a year mm-hmm. just to, i've done all the diets i've seen how they affect me so give back to my clients but i do find that the fats are essential aside from the bodybuilding part where you're trying to Push as much muscle and be in in that kind of condition. Um, Outside of that realm, I do believe in a higher fat diet. That's just, just, yeah, for.
1: And I think that serves everybody. So, yeah, yeah. So here's a really easy, simple way to look at it. When babies are born and women lactate, so if you produce milk, if you look at the nutritional profile of human milk, and this goes the same (coughs) for all mammals, all animals on, on earth here. If you look at the nutritional profile of human milk, it has a lot of fat. Um, it has the proper ratio of fat carbohydrates. So what fat does is it helps the production of, um, hormones for men, testosterone for women. Mm -hmm. I mean, men have a certain level of estrogen as well, but all hormones, especially sex hormones are built on, Fat and so the so don't be afraid of cholesterol. I know that doctors try to push cholesterol medications. Basically, what you're doing is if you're going to suppress your cholesterol, you're going to suppress your hormones. Yeah, that's the 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 quick path to loss of libido and so many other things. That's another show, but nevertheless, fat is your friend. I think a lot of people got brainwashed because remember that whole fat-free era when fat was your enemy. And everybody jumped on the bandwagon to eat everything fat-free, mm. and they were making every single thing under the sun fat-free, <clears throat> just for everybody to know. From a nutritionist perspective, they took out the fat and they added sugar, which is why we are now in an epidemic of obesity. Yeah, sweeteners, the, yeah, sweeteners, especially yeah, because they went through the whole sugar-free, but yeah. they put fake sugar, yeah. which also that's why everybody got fat, pounds.
0: right? You saw, yeah, you I'm- saw the you you can see the correlation.
1: Yes, the timeline
0: adds up perfectly, right? When you exactly. when you take fat out, people got fatter. It was it's it's pretty it's pretty easy to see.
1: So yeah. imagine to take away the very thing you don't want to be, and yeah. then you end up being the very yeah. that very thing. So you become fat yeah. because you took away fat. Let that seep into yeah. your mind and kind of look it up. And what Mike said, go ahead and do the the research yeah. about the correlation between when fat was taken out or demonized. Yeah and when we started consuming an excessive amount of carbohydrates. So for those of you that don't know, the body will need carbohydrates. Like Mike was saying for the the workouts, the body will store this sugar in your liver and in your muscles. Once you Mm -hmm. run out of that, you better have a source of something that the body can run on. And trust me when I tell you, go fact check this. If you have fat available for the body to use fat, the best, that's the best source. If you, if it's going to go after your muscle, you are so screwed and going up the Creek without a paddle. Um, so, so fat is your friend. Um, and Mike, I really appreciate the fact that you, you recognize and emphasize the, the idea that it's not a one size fits all for anybody. So it's important. And I always tell my clients the same. It's important to recognize that those people that have studied the science of nutrition, because it has become necessary to study it much like if you were to have to go to let's say get your oil changed on your car you would not go and attempt it by yourself you go to a professional if you need to get highlights for your hair you're probably not going to attempt that by yourself because you could burn your hair off so you go to a professional who have studied it and have done it over and over to learn and understand the art and the science of it <clears throat> same thing with building a house you're not going to go build a house of your own you let the people who are in the industry you need a lawyer you go to a lawyer who has studied the legal mm-hmm. profession yeah. to be able this works exactly the same we have studied what it it takes for the body to function and we are able to give you the advice necessary. And it's never one size fits all, much like everybody does not even their, for example, a divorce case. If you're going to go to a lawyer, they're going to take a look at your financials. So if you're making forty thousand dollars a year and somebody else makes, you know, seven hundred and eighty thousand dollars a year, well, the way that your case is going to uh, sort of play out in court is going to be different than the person who's got forty thousand dollars coming in. So the same thing with this, depending on where you are, what age you are, like a different approach is is implemented. And Mike, you recognize the fact that you work with your clients, meeting them where they're at, and developing a a program that suits them best you taking into account what they like taking into account i'm sure their schedules like if you're going to be somebody who works shift you're probably going to have to shift your workouts accordingly so um in closing i wanted to know mike if people want and i and i highly highly recommend you guys go work with him because but before you do that just so that you could have the proof that you might need go ahead and check out his socials. Mike, give us your social handles. People can see what you look like to know that you really do know your stuff.
0: Uh, Instagram, metabolic Mike, which is uh, metabolic underscore Mike underscore. That's uh, that's the only one I have up right now currently. Um,
1: Okay. And they're able to contact you on Instagram if they want to work with you?
0: Yeah, you can direct message me through there. Yeah. I'm sure Simone, you put a link up for that or something. After Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It'll be, everything
1: yeah. will be in the show notes. I really want people to, to get right. a look to see what you look yeah. like. And
0: yeah, depending on your goals, I work with everybody from, like I said, just general health to wanting now to branch into the uh, prep coaching for just uh, somebody for their first show or something. That's uh, I definitely have the qualifications for that. Mm-hmm. Um, gained enough knowledge over the years of now you can see coaching myself. Of, the proof is there, I think
1: yes so, yes yeah, you guys yeah. like i said you guys will definitely see he's he's yeah. vascular uh mm. striations uh, amazing size and i wanted to kind of bring this point up and i forgot to do so earlier <clears throat> the average bodybuilder is about 5'10 5'11 and right. the beauty of it is that the shorter you are the the more compressed your muscle is so the wider you look yes. however when you're taller it's much more difficult to get that same aesthetic look because Mm -hmm. the fact that you're, you're taller, therefore your muscles are more elongated. And I struggle with that myself because most of the girls that were competing when I was competing. Yeah, exactly. The bicep, exactly. Where does it insert? Um, Yeah. Yeah. So when I was competing, most of the girls were at the five, three, five, four, I stand at five, seven. So I have like an additional three to four inches on these girls and therefore my muscles are much longer much more difficult to look like I could build it. um. So you, Mike, look phenomenal for standing at 6'2", with that amount of muscle and the Thank definition. You, yeah. yeah, so you guys will be able to go and have a look and see that he does know his stuff. And I love your calves, by the way. I know calves are like the, one of the hardest muscles they, to grow.
0: I trained them like hell. And I realized this <laughs> you is what, have I say, to. what I say to people in the house about. You, you tell me that they won't grow and they're just genetic and this and that. Well, that's your... That's your mindset. That you're projecting your mindset on me. So that if you hammer them, they will grow. I, I promise you. Anybody that says they can't grow calves, work them like hell. They will grow. I promise nice. you because I've done it. I've proved it to myself for the last 18 months, and yes. I've seen them in the photos from the last couple of shows. They're they're they don't look out of balance now, but it's taken a, it's Amazing. taken a lot of focused work.
1: Yeah. See, there you go, guys. Yeah. Even the hardest yeah. muscle to train, yeah. must, the hardest 100%. muscle to grow, if you give it what it takes, yeah. so the raw materials, which is the food, and then the necessary training, the results train,
0: Prioritizing principle.
1: That's train right. Train it
0: when you're fresh. Train your weak parts when you're fresh. Everybody likes to train the body parts that they love because that gives us the best feeling. But you have to, you know, and this goes against, you You, you got to train your weak areas first and give them more. than you know, That's how it's done.
1: That's right. So so yeah. for those of you that are looking, I know that we're coming up on a new year and the new resolutionists are the ones who who go in. Go and dedicate yourself to 12 weeks so that you could yeah. get to see the results. And if you feel that you have not progressed to the level that you wanted to progress to, which I promise you you will, then you could sort of, you know, jump ship and let it be. But I promise you, much like what Mike was saying, you're gonna see that there has uh there's science behind the mindset, the the strength, the mm-hmm. the body composition changes, the overall, overall health and well-being that, that come as a result. And not only that, but you also get a free education in how to eat to fuel your body and to nourish your body rather than to just go through the motions of eating because That's it's right. the yeah. thing that we do every day. So for 12 weeks when you work with Mike, you get an education. You also get to look amazing. You get to learn your way around the gym. I mean, it's... Like you cannot ask for any more. And the best investment that anybody can make is in health. So once again, go to at metabolic underscore Mike underscore on Instagram to find him. Have a look at his videos. Have a look at his pictures. DM him if you want to start working with him. He takes clients. And if there are any other questions, you could actually, you know, direct them directly to him in, in your DMs. Mike, thank you so much for being on my show. Perhaps we can meet again and we can have a conversation around such some, some more specific things. We'll ask the audience to let us right. know what they want to sure. hear more about yeah. in your approach. But the overarching thing is go and train, eat well, eat to fuel your body, and work with somebody who's a professional that can guide you.
0: Thanks very much, Simone.
1: My I, pleasure. I enjoyed
0: the chat. Thank you very much for having me.
1: Absolutely. Thank you so much for being here, for sharing your wisdom, your knowledge, and your information. And we will see you again very soon. See you
0: soon. Have a Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, everybody. Thank you.
1: Thank you for tuning to The Confidential. We hope you enjoyed the episode and found it interesting and informative. Please subscribe to the show to receive notifications when new episodes are released. You can also follow us on social media on Instagram at the confidential podcast to stay up to date with all things related to the show. We appreciate your support and welcome any feedback you may have. Until next time, stay curious and keep on learning. Thank you for listening.